Hey there, folks. This is Cece with the podcast CC Me on Everything. We took a break last week, but we've returned this week with an interview with Stephanie. And Stephanie actually has a Denver-based podcast called My Dead House Plants. It's an absolute riot. Please check it out. Stephanie sits down with me to discuss her horrible boss that we're going to call Pony Boy, which was her supervisor at a Seattle-based long-term residential treatment center for folks with chronic mental illness. So Stephanie was already dealing with quite a bit, and then we add on Pony Boy's antics, which puts her in quite an ordeal. But luckily, Stephanie has angels all around her, which she's going to talk about. Please enjoy Stephanie. Welcome, Stephanie. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Good. Thank you so much for being on my podcast. Thanks. I was really excited to be on another Denver podcast. And you have a podcast. You want to tell the listeners I about it? I do. It's called Dead House Plants Pod. Um, we are Dead House Plants. We have Dead House Plants. Um, just three gals, super self-deprecating, talking about what's going on in our world. So I love it. Just figuring yeah. it out. Mm-hmm. Just hanging out. Um, but I was super excited when I heard of this podcast. Such a good idea. Well, you have a crazy story that we just dove into. Yeah. Um, so I can't wait to explore it even further. Yeah. It's probably very different than maybe your other interviews. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. But which I did. I do a very different kind of job sometimes. So yeah. Do you want to tell us what you do? Um, so in Seattle, I worked for a long-term residential facility, as a case manager for folks who um, experience chronic mental illness. A lot of my clients were schizoaffective or schizophrenic, um, definitely more of an aging population, but we took people 18 to 110. So it was an interesting group. Um, always a lot of excitement, um, but I loved doing it and that kind of, that was my in into social work and you went to school for social work right this no is what you always wanted so to do. <laughs> so I went to school for anthropology never ah, took a social work okay. I actually took sociology um one day and dropped out <laughs> um because I was upset when I went and she was just going off of the slideshows that you could download Sure. Off your book. And I was like, dude, I'm not fucking paying $3,000 for you to read me out of you this. You wanted like, engagement. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like used to smaller anthropology classes where you can do that. So um, I graduated with that. I actually went to Seattle to go to grad school for conservation biology. And I went to school online and at the zoo there, Woodland Park oh, Zoo. Oh, cool. So I got a lot of really great like behind the scenes, you know, experience and also field work experience that I really enjoyed, but there was just, I think there's a lot of things. There was something missing out of that that I wasn't really connecting to. It was kind of like, well, I'm 25 now and I need to go to grad school and figure something out. Um, and I love animals and I love conservation. I love wildlife. So I was like, this is it. Um, I got there and there was something missing and I didn't realize what that was. And then also, Trump got elected. Yeah, yeah. And the EPA <laughs> cut Puget Sound's budget by two-thirds. Yeah, and a lot of jobs. Yeah. Yeah. And the Puget Sound area is huge, 
lots of wildlife and we had had two environmental crises crises um that year one was a complete collapse of these salmon traps um that was you know really terrible for the environment they were i believe atlantic salmon did it devastate like a population of them um no i think that what it did is it introduced a population of fish that shouldn't be there oh yeah yeah Yeah. um and then also there was a leak in one of the sewage facilities and it was going straight into the sound so gross perfect yeah (laughs) um perfect for wildlife to flourish and that year they got cut. So I was just feeling like, you know, like what's the fucking point at this? You know what I mean? Like yeah. how am I going to make a difference here? I feel so, so disheartened by the world and by how people care about the environment. And for some reason when I started social work, I didn't think that I could do it. But I was like, I'll try it. Um, I've cared for children. I can try and care for adults. And... What I love about it is like a lot of people that think it might make you hopeless, but I find a lot of hope in the people oh, that wow. I I work with. Um, That's a unique just, draw. I mean, I don't. Mm-hmm. I have two friends that are in social work, and they they definitely seem drained drained all the time. Oh, so. I am burnt out right now. Sure, currently, sure. but um, sure. <laughs> I think it ebbs and flows. You know what I mean? You like you get overwhelmed and burnt out, and then. Sometimes it's not so busy and hectic and you find ways to engage with people where you're just, you know. Or they could say something profound that day. I remember oh, my social work friends always would be like, here's this little nugget. Oh, that- my God. I love it so much. Or something that's so outrageous and funny. I had a <laughs> client um, that would say the funniest stuff. She was, like, very delusional. Um, but she <laughs> came up to the window one time and she was like, can I give you some life advice? And I was like, yes. This was in Seattle. And she was like, Never wear your mesh panties when you're having diarrhea. <laughs> and I was just like, words to live by. I'll remember that forever. Thank you. I like that. Yeah. So like, but then also like you see people who have been through so much and especially in mental health, like the way that my clients, my aging clients were treated, you know, the amount of medicine that's been pumped into their bodies um, and how it's affected them over time. It was... You find hope. They're so resilient. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And just like deserve real human connection. And I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, well, they deserve to be in a hospital or they deserve to be in jail. It's like actually some people just need some supportive care. Sure. Yeah. And And not be separated from. More than fine to live semi independently. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I, I, there was like that sense of like, I'm actually fucking doing something and I'm connecting with other human beings and like I have hope that the work that I do and the work that the people around me do regardless of the outcomes regardless of what happens we are doing really good work and trying to and really honestly enriching people's lives yeah so that there's like this I don't know this like kind of that puzzle piece was kind of missing before and now now you have there. that it's good to remind myself um on weeks like this week yeah you had a tough week yeah so the, far yeah yeah burnt out but you know that things do get better and like anything i think that's just stressful. great advice about every like life right yeah like, i mean there's a lot of cycles you know exactly yeah um and things might be 
really overwhelming, but um, I just sometimes have to case manage myself. <laughs> I'm like, what would I say <laughs> to someone right now if they were dealing with this and overwhelmed? Or actually, I'll just call a friend or text a friend that's in social work and be like, case manage me, please. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it what works. A, what a good lifeline. All right, so we're going to talk about Pony Boy, which I love that you've picked this name. I love it so much. <laughs> it's the first thing that came to mind. It's and I was perfect. Like, works. <laughs> it's perfect. So, from what I can tell, because I just met you today, mm-hmm. you're very genuine. Like, there's nothing sh- shrouded or hidden about you. I'm. I'm very straight to my point. Yeah. If you listen to the, our podcast, you'll which I'm gonna do really that, yeah. pick that up. Yeah. The, the, I just. I sometimes don't have a filter, but that's okay. I come from, you know, a good place. Yeah. I and hope. you seem outgoing. Is that what yeah. other coworkers would say? Yeah. I think that they would say that I'm outgoing. I advocate for others a lot, whether it's like my clients, whether it's my coworkers, whether it's myself. Um, and then also I'm just kind of like a find a lot of like take charge people in this field, but I just we're fixers a lot of the time, and mm. we have to remind ourselves constantly t- that, like, you cannot fix this situation for this person. Um, but I'm I'm pretty – I'm pretty fast-paced. I will take initiative pretty fast. Yeah. And sometimes I have to reel back and be like, okay, I need to have better boundaries here. What Am I helping this person or am I hurting this person by not, like, you know, trusting that they can do this themselves or whatnot? So – um, it's kind of a balance, but I would say that uh, I'm definitely a go-getter. Like, if you we have a problem, let's fix it now. Let's not wait till later. That's great. And yeah. to have all that forethought that you're juggling seems yeah like a lot to add to your daily tasks. And sometimes anyways. that's what makes it like I have a to-do list and we need to do this and we need to do this now. And sometimes people cancel or, you know, it's too they have too many barriers to do what we plan to do. Um, but there's always something that can like fill that time. There's really no like downtime. So you're never bored. Yeah, no, but, (laughs) uh, but like your brain's kind of always like engaged and working. Sometimes when I'm noting, it doesn't feel that way, but it's kind of always like, all right, what next? Cause there's always something. Yeah. Yeah. I have 24 clients right now. So. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Um, so let's dive into Pony Boy for me. Like, explain his okay. personality. So he was very um, friendly and, and who flamboyant was he to you? at first. I was hired at this small agency in Seattle. Um, it was the mental health agency, and they had just like passed state legislation that said that if you were going to do case management, you had to have a bachelor's degree of some, some sort. So to make sense for what you're kind of dealing with. Mm -hmm. So, um, there was a lot of people who were caregivers there. And so there was some switching around. He, I believe had an associate's degree and had been caregiving for like about a year there and went for a promotion to office manager because of our office manager was, going to work in the kitchen, which was, like, way more her jam style. Just less people. But also just, like, she was great. She was so creative and made. That's how she showed her love. Yeah, like. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, whereas we didn't have other people who cared as much about the food. Um, but, yeah, she really put her love into it. 
And she was, I worked with a lot of really great, wonderful people there. And I feel lucky for that. It was just this experience that was not great. At first it was great though. It started out lovely. Um, he was my shift lead. Well, not shift lead. He was like the office lead. I worked the swing shift, um, which is like one to nine. At the end it was two to 10. Cause I was like, I'm not coming at one. <laughs> um, but, uh, he was there for like the last, what, four hours of my day. Um, and it was nice. It was nice to have a support because the admin we had at the time wasn't she was upstairs and she would like take care of business, but we didn't always see her. Um, she wasn't as visible. So he really felt like our lifeline for support. And I think he liked that. Like he liked having that responsibility. Um, and he was in a, in an environment with a lot of women. And so I think that just like to traverse that, um, we would, you know, just like girl talk and talk a lot and laugh a lot. Um, and it was nice. And at first I got like the best of vibes. Um, somebody I worked with had worked with him on swing for a long time and she had good things to say about him. So I trusted her instinct. Turns out she's just a baby angel. Doesn't know any better. Oh <laughs> Yeah. Um, just he's the very best in people. God bless her. Uh, ugh, literal angel on earth. But um, – yeah, he was really nice at first, and we got along, and everything seemed pretty great. All right, and we kind of covered how you were. What was your function um, at this place? Yeah, so I was a case manager. We wear a lot of hats, so it's, like, kind of a broad thing. Um, I would – what I really loved there is doing the programming. So I would do – we would do bingo every week, and they would get prizes, like snacks, um, and like Coke and stuff like two Coke limit, but, um, <laughs> but we would like, we would do that every week. And some people literally lived for bingo and it was so fun. Um, except certain times when it wasn't, but <laughs> I also did music appreciation, oh, fun. Um, which was really fun. People, I would did it in the office and I would set the speakers up. Uh, so they were outside of the window and I would just YouTube, people would come up and listen or list songs that they hadn't listened to. And that was really fun. And I realized how transformative music can be and how it can bring people together as like a community more than a lot of other therapeutic approaches we tried. Um, and then I also would do outings. Like I took them to the Strawberry Festival. I took them on a ferry. Um, we went to the zoo. Fun stories there. But uh, I did a lot of like... Uh, client engagement but also we would take them to appointments if they couldn't go alone or we would just follow up on whatever care they had whether it was like their PCP or uh, any kind of like substance abuse treatment or mental health treatment a big gap a like very systematic big gap is that we had one psychiatrist well she was a a nurse practitioner, psych nurse practitioner. And we had probably like over 150 clients like in the agency Jeez. and she was the only provider and we had no um, talk therapists for anyone. So like every time we had like a client yeah. die and like people were really upset, like we had no, we were like the purse, 
we were the people that had to like, and you know, we're not, we're young. You're not trained for that. No, I don't, I'm not licensed. Yeah. So we can do our best, but at the end of the day, yeah, that was a big one. I'm like, okay, we can give people all the meds that we want, but like science shows that you need to also have therapeutic Mm -hmm. intervention. Right. Right. So I don't know. It, it, that was very strange, but, um, yeah, we, we, we did a lot. Yes. We kind of have to do stuff on the fly. Way more than. Also finding clients. Oh. Like when clients, we wouldn't hear from clients for a while. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like I was never lucky, but we had one guy who worked um, for our link program, which was he, he would go and outreach uh, respite clients because we had respite beds, which are short-term beds. Um, and he would outreach. Most of them came from the jail. Um, because they didn't need to be housed in the jail, yeah, but they, they still were waiting. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but he would always find them and I was so jealous because I always <laughs> just like would go out looking um, and it would always be something like, oh, I got on the wrong bus and ended up in Renton and he'd be like, okay, I'll go get you in Renton or like my taxi didn't show up. So I've been waiting at the hospital for eight hours and didn't say anything to anyone. Like stuff like that where you're just like, oh God, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. Um, But that that was always a fun part is trying to find people. Sounds like never a dull moment. No, it was, it was, we had so many great characters there. (laughs) So what was Pony Boy's function? So you said he like moved he, into yeah. the office manager role. So a lot of that would just be the admin stuff. So making sure that everyone's um, prescriptions were filled, making sure that all of the med counts were right, um, doing a lot of the uh, like just admin stuff, like talking to vendors and um, – dealing with maintenance and just a lot of like the day-to-day hot work kind of yeah, well like how how we operate like sure. how we can actually as case managers like do what we need to do we did med management there so that means four times a day we would um provide meds for the people not everyone had meds four times a day but um that was a a big a big responsibility. And a security. You know? Yeah, exactly. Concern. Oh, and yeah, we don't, like, when people are like, oh, do you have a security? I'm like, no, these are these people's homes. Like, yeah, when shit would happen, with- our best our best thing we could do, which was very frustrating because they don't do anything, is we could call SPD. And then the police department would come and they'd be like, well, we can't do anything. And we're like, yeah, we know. But, like, it's protocol it's calmed down calmed down it it was the shittiest protocol because it was like this is the only thing you can do but you guys can't do it as much as you are doing it and it's like uh, what other resource did you have though none yeah none at all um i try to like give people the credit but when people are heightened and they're in that space and maybe your reality is different than other people's when you're having scary delusions like you're not going to be able to sit there and talk to someone or even like wait on hold for a crisis worker. <laughs> right, right. You know what I mean? So it's just Which like. there's probably four of for the whole oh my state gosh. or something. I had, yeah. Yeah. I called uh, Colorado Crisis Line the other day and they were like, we can have someone call you back in 45 minutes. And my client was like, well, this is not a crisis line then because I'm having a crisis. Sure. Yeah. And they were like, I'm so sorry. We'll call you back in 45. They never called back. I was like, thanks so much. Oh, are you um, kidding? They're usually wonderful, but I think that they're just, their resources they're so- are so shitty. Like, please, Coloradans, 
invest, donate in the crisis line in the our crisis or centers. Maybe yeah, or because something. they are so important to the health and well being of our society and our communities. So, God, um, yeah, this is really opening my eyes on a lot of stuff. Yeah. that's heartbreaking. Um, okay, so I know a little bit about this story, but how was the day to day and with? Pony Boy, and then at what point, because you kind of said you liked him in the beginning, yeah. what point does that change for you? Okay, so that was like, yeah, we were all pretty much like kicking friends, and then we had our admin who wasn't very, this was also a thing, you had to have a master's degree all of a sudden, um, and she didn't have a master's degree, so they were like slowly phasing her out. She ended up getting an amazing job where she like telecommutes, and she lived on Bainbridge Islands, Ugh. if you know Seattle. Yeah, yeah. It's like... Very close, very quaint, the cutest. Um, so now like she, cottage life. I <laughs> know. It's so great. And green. Yeah. Like, I'm just looking for goats all the time. <laughs> um, yeah, it's great. It's wonderful. It's like Ferngoli forest. So uh, now she telecommutes and makes, like, twice as much. I'm like, get it, girl. Um, but she was phasing out. And so uh, all of a sudden we didn't have an admin. And they were hiring someone in quotations, but that always takes fucking forever. Like, yeah. Way longer than it should. Sure. Honestly. Um, and, like, you knew this change was coming. Like, you think that you could – no. Like, you're not going to plan <laughs> for that change. Because, uh, like, uh, like, laws don't change overnight. You know what I mean? Like, right. oh, by the way, tomorrow you need to have new – you know, they just weren't prepared um, and very unorganized, which is most it feels like par for the course, honestly. And yeah, in everything, anyone I interview, this is kind of a yeah. theme. Yeah. I mean, all of the horror stories come from unorganized situations, <laughs> probably. True. Um, but yeah, so his boss was gone. So now he's like the highest position and in his mind that made him feel all powerful. So he got a little drunk with power at that yes, moment. Yes, he was power tripping. Lord. Uh, he was a lot more patronizing to people. He was very condescending. He talked down to us as women for sure, would like just say very inappropriate. Tell the sexist. inappropriate story about like you just wanted safety protocols. Oh, and- yeah. So this was, we, I think we were, I don't know. We were meeting with, oh, so we didn't have an admin. So we were meeting with the like admin that kind of was like doing two properties and our CEO of our our company. So he at that point started coming to work a lot less frequently, but of course he's going to be there for that. Like the meeting with the- Sure. The big big wigs. Yeah. So he, uh, we were talking about security and- how there was just certain things that like not that we were judging our clients by any means but like especially getting respite beds we don't know these people they're here short term like we need some kind of contingency plan and we had nothing we didn't have any kind of alert system we didn't have carry anything for ourselves um like as far as like I could call 911. There there are like apartment guide things that sure. you can just click and it's like a panic button. Um, and but you I, wanted walkie-talkies. Walkie-talkies. Which seems like a simple fix to So me. F- 
Like, cheap. what? <laughs> 60 bucks for a whole office on Amazon? <laughs> you cheap bastards. Yeah. So it was like walkie-talkies would be something – it never happened, by the way. Um, <sighs> it'd be something that would really help us feel more safe and be able to communicate with each other when I'm, like, going up to people's rooms to get them for meds and I'm by myself and you know what I mean? So Yeah, and, and people that haven't had adequate health care or mental health care. Yeah, and so people also who are having – you never know, like, people would, like, sneak guests in sometimes. Like, guests were welcome, but usually they would have to come to the front desk. Yeah. And if you're not acting right, if you're, like, threatening other people or, like, don't have an ID on you, then I'm sorry. Like, this is – that's a community safety issue at that point. Sure. You know? Yeah. So where was I? Oh, I was asking for walkie-talkies, which seems, like, very basic. And – he made a joke that was, like, something to the tune of, like, what do you guys think this is going to happen? Like, you're not going to fucking get murdered by our clients. You might get raped, but you're not going to get murdered. Uh. <laughs> I gasped. Two of my other coworkers gasped. I was just, like, it was – you could tell that he was, like, expecting and laughter. And was the CEO at this meeting? Or? Yes. And it was <gasps> what the so fuck? The inappropriate. So inappropriate. And – I don't know if he was, like, in the room at that – he was oblivious, so – They know. usually are. Yay. <laughs> Getting Across paid the, the big board. books. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't – I still don't know to this day where his, like, office was, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I work at a very much so larger uh, agency now, and, like, you can – they have open door policies for – It should be that way. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which – is intimidating. Like I wouldn't want to go and be like, Hey, what's up? But I also work with a CEO. That's just like a lovely man that takes a very low wage because he loves the population that we work with and has been there like 30 years. And throughout this story that you told me earlier, and the listeners are going to hear about this, but you have little angels everywhere that kind of help you in this. So that's incredible. Yeah. And I think that that's really important. And that's something that I loved there is because we went through so many high stress situations um, we had clients pass. We had um, clients have major, major medical emergencies. We had, um, you know, fights. And there was a lot of situations that felt really hectic and stressful. But at the end of the day, I knew they had my back and I had theirs, the girls that I worked That's with. so important. And I couldn't have done the job without that. And I loved that. That was like my favorite thing. And that was like something when I was leaving, they were just like, I hope it's like this when you leave because like – we really supported each other and um, – You made lifetime friends too, Yeah. Right? I yeah. love them. Yeah. Um, but we were like social work sisters. You know what I mean? Like for, through the good, through the bad, like we got through it. And so that's really something that's really important when you're working there. And um, – but, you know, people have different relationships with people. <laughs> so when my relationship with Pony Boy started to sour a little bit was when I started noticing him being super power trippy and mm-hmm. certain things that weren't taken care of uh that I was like, "Okay, I'm going to go ahead and advocate for this cuz like what's going on?" or ask questions. I like to ask clarifying questions a lot of the time. But sometimes when you're trying to ask clarifying questions about a system that's broken and other people are responsible for fixing they don't want to hear those fucking questions. sure and they like they like to keep it broken because right has got the time who's got dude we're all fucking busy yeah <laughs> um who isn't busy um 
so I think that there was like some friction there. He also started to come in a lot less frequently and normally. So he had normal office hours every day. Sure, as the office um, manager should. Right. And there's always it was 24/7. So there's always someone there. So there was a little bit of leniency like he could come in earlier, come in late. There was like a couple of hours that you could like flex either way. Um but he really like took advantage of that and so like prior to me being hired and I don't even know maybe prior before he was hired he had gotten apparently attacked on the mm. street and had to have his wire, uh, his jaw wired shut. So, like, yeah. a lot of issues with that. Sure. Um, and he had surgery, like, a year before I had met him. And he told me the story and I was like, wow, that's so crazy. Um, but when he started coming in less and less – I, he would be like, oh, it's my jaw's hurting or I'm having issues with my teeth or I'm, you know, my jaw, this, that, this, that. And we were like, dude, take care of you. It's fine. And so he'd be like, I'll make up the hours. But really it was like, are you? We had paper time slips. You're yes, the you boss. Just like, I'm not looking at anyone else's time slips. You know, I don't give a shit. Who, yeah, no one wants to be the office So, <laughs> but like, who knows? You know what I mean? And it's not like we didn't ever like take advantage. Like I have to go home early and then just like, I can't afford the pay cut. Like, you know what I mean? Like, don't worry. We'll fucking cover you for an hour or two. Um, but, and like we had our, each other's backs, but when it's like so one-sided and like clearly he, he just wasn't getting his job done. Like other people were having to pick up the slack and learn yeah. things that, you know, he was obviously getting paid for. So that happened. And then also at the same time, um, I didn't know if it was because things weren't just getting ordered or whatever. I didn't count at the meds very often unless the person that usually did it. We all kind of had our own roles that we like. We're like, this isn't my job, but it's easier that I do it every night. And it, that's some serious stuff, the meds, right? You're doing yeah. this and I like and- Yeah, and we were all very proficient on the on handling handing out meds, but it's not I was not the person that did it every single night for every single person counted the meds. So um there started being some issues and with the med counts. So we were like, what's going on? And we thought it was like the night shift, you know what I mean? Sure. And you don't count meds unless they're narcotics. There's no reason for you to count meds. The they Advil, were already, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're already in a bubble pack. Most of the people's meds are in a bubble pack or like in a meter disc or whatever. And you can like actually, you know, see like, oh, they got that script or they didn't. Narcotics are controlled. Mm-hmm. So you have to make sure that you're counting them accurately, that you're counting them multiple times a day. Um, so that started happening, but that was kind of in the peripheral of what I was dealing with. I was doing a lot of like client engagement. Um, so I remember one day he didn't show up to work and that was really. And no like a heads up, I'm barfing yeah, or having nor- diarrhea. Yeah. Normally he would be like, hey guys, can't come in today. Like send a text or call. Um, also I got in to work at 1 p.m. Like, <laughs> like where have you been all morning? He hasn't shown up by now and you guys aren't concerned. So like after probably listening to true crime all morning, <laughs> I 
probably just watching so much forensic files. I was like, <laughs> we need to take this seriously. What is his emergency contact? Everyone's like, we don't have that. We don't know that. I was like, okay, well, there needs to be a plan for that too. But I was very like worried about him and worried about his well-being because it was very out of the blue. Um, a lot of us lived, were transplants in Seattle. So we lived alone. There's like kind of that scary no vibe. One would know where, if you like, went missing. Right. Yeah. Like I would hope that someone would fucking call. My mom would call. She would like get the FBI SWAT, <laughs> CIA she involved gets stuff done. 20 like minutes later. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think that it was just really out of character and kind of it, it concerned me. So I'm calling him. We're calling him over and over again. And then around three, I was like, hey, so if he doesn't answer, I'm going to call a welfare check. Like, better safe than sorry. This happened to my friend one time. She worked nights, so she overslept. And, like, it happens. But, like, it's better to know, like, what if he, yeah. like, overdosed and he needs medical attention or something because he was taking painkillers for – his face stuff. Yeah. His for like that pain injury. in his yeah. jaw. Um, so we call him one last time and he answered. And I was like, thank God. I was going to call a welfare check. He didn't seem phased at all. He was like, what? Why? Why would you do that? And I was like, because no one knew where you were. And we were wondering if you're, I'm so glad you're okay. Like I was so freaked out. And he was just like, but why? And he was like, I took too many uh, pain medications. I slept until now. I just woke up. I'm probably not going to come in today. So, uh, okay. okay. Well, you're the boss and you didn't Fine. show up. Uh, we had no admin and we were his subordinates. So it's like, okay. Um, we well, were making I, it without him. At this point in the story, I think I asked you earlier, I was like, oh, I feel like this is an addict coming at us, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> you have definite red flags, but yeah. I think that, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. So we just kind of covered that uh, Pony Boy didn't show up for work. Right. Didn't care right. that you made a welfare check. Fucking out of the blue. Like, just, oof. And I just told everyone at that point, like, if I ever do that, please call the cops immediately. Like, I'm <laughs> missing. I would never not show up to work and not let someone know. Like, that's just so sketchy. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially, yeah, living alone in a city where you're not from there and you don't have very much support. Like, Something's wrong if I'm not showing up to where I'm supposed to be. Well, and he's kind of almost telling you it wasn't like a spoiler alert. Like he was like, right. oh, I took too many pills and didn't wake up. I'm like, oh, okay. So okay. 100% an addict. But like we were like, oh, well, that could happen. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. mm. And like I have friends that use drugs and I don't like recreationally and I don't – not opiates, but like recreational yeah, sure. judge drugs and I'm not going to judge anybody for that. I think – we would be so much better off if everything was just legalized. But <laughs> I would agree. But like not hard drugs, not my thing. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So uh I have a lot of things, just that's not one of them. Um, and so I just noticed over time, like there was kind of a rift. There was like people who fell in line and did exactly what he said. Or, like, hung out with him sometimes when he was like, let's go to the bars. Um, and people who are just, like, doing their job and just, like. Wanting to plug along and be left alone. Yeah. Basically. And yeah. also, like, asking quite like, how do I do. I don't know how to do this. What do I do if this happens? Like, oh, I have this client and this is going on. Like, just staffing stuff. You sure. know what I mean? Yeah. But just, like, not available. Um, 
but also was just very controlling because he was on a power trip. So like everyone got it. You either fell in line or you were just like, you know, all right, disengage. So and at this point, are pills missing? Are you aware that pills are missing? We're blaming Um, it on the night crew. I was aware that the counts were off and I thought that maybe, I mean, it's very easy to... Uh, for someone to like miscount sure, if they're going really fast or if in like if there's a lot um, or like we had a lot of new staff so it's like if someone doesn't know how to do it properly if there's two pills in a narc bubble pack you have to count each pill so people might have like counted the bubble packs but they didn't count the pills each individually yeah so then there end up being like half as much on the pill count than actually are accurate. Right. So there's just different things that, like, I thought, you know, that could have happened that were just, like, very run-of-the-mill, like, you know, things. Um, I think I had – I don't think I did any, like, med errors, but I had miscounted one time because it was all paper charts at that point. But you don't make that mistake again, right? No, no, no. You're like, whoops, then I'll correct and – yeah. No, I knew. Because, um, yeah, it's very serious. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, we can't offer them. services to anyone if we can't offer those services. 100%. So um, that was happening. There's always things happening. <laughs> so it was just kind <laughs> of like one of those things that was Not in the, the rear view mirror, but I was like, okay. Um, that's all happening. Uh, well, and we kind of talked earlier where you're you're dealing with some really tough stuff every day. Yeah. And you don't need someone in the office, like your supervisor, making things more difficult. More difficult. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I – God damn it. I love them so much. But we would deal with problems every day that were like – and we were very unsupported and very undertrained. Like, yeah. one of the biggest things that, like, caused, I think, him to feel, like, mm, maybe undermined is I brought up in a in meeting that we needed crisis intervention training. 100% you did, yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> no one else was going to bring it up, and it was something that we would, we would all talk about, like, that we needed, and something that was mentioned in mine and another girl's interview that was, like, available – but that had never happened. And so we had a couple of bigger things happen that I was just like, this needs to happen. And I think that he took that as a slight, even though it had nothing to do with him. Honestly, he wasn't a trainer. Yeah, he, he couldn't, couldn't talk yeah. you that. Yep. And he didn't have any real power. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like I do. from yeah. a from a big He's a middle but, manager. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But like he didn't have power. Like he was responsible and probably got paid more, but like he didn't have hiring or firing power or anything like that. Sure. So then, but he would like make jokes about it like that, like, oh, I'll, I'll fire that bitch then. And like, you know, like Not just stuff cool, like dude. that. Yeah. I mean, when you're dealing with someone who is kind of a tyrant, like you're just like, am I going to giggle and move on with my day or am I going to like call this person out? I struggle with that. Sure. But you did call him out one day. So explain the, the confrontation. So... Oh, God. It was <laughs> The terrible. trauma of revisiting this. So after we didn't have an admin for a month, we got an admin finally. And she was new and more hand, like more visible definitely than the last one. Um, 
and he had he started coming to work on time and like oh look at that yeah yeah (laughs) but he had like gone to a meeting with like her and the other admins and um just to like meet and greet drinks and I guess they like probably I think either they had them there it sounds like they went to drinks afterwards and so he was like excited about her being there and was like she's pretty cool but when we were having drinks she said this and we were she said this and I was like bitch that's not gonna happen like saying things that were like oh like we had fun getting drinks like I got drinks with the boss but then saying things like kind of like talking shit about her or being like that's not gonna happen I'll make sure that's you know what I mean trying to be one of you guys but also like look at this leverage I have exactly so it was like a very we were like okay um and so one day it was like maybe a week or two into her being there we were in the office I was talking to a client um through our little med window and he dialed the phone and was talking to someone and then um turned to me when he was on hold and was like I love you but you need to shut up right but now. you were corresponding with a client correct right yeah client care yeah that's what we're there for yeah um and I it just kind of took me aback honestly at that point I was just like I had noticed him do it to other people and I wasn't okay with it and I had tried to like navigate like not stepping on anyone toe anyone's toes but also like making sure that like I was advocating for my peers in, like, a respectful way. But I was also, like, afraid of him socially, definitely, because he was friends with people that I was at work with and we were, like, social with each other. But also just, like, I think I respected that he had been there for a while. Maybe not his, like, power or whatever. But I had respected that he'd been there that long and that he used to do my job and our clients respected and loved him, like – That's the truth. Whether he was a dick or an asshole or not, a lot of our clients, not all, (laughs) I one time saw him try to shut the door on someone's arm, which they should never be reaching in an office. Why would you ever, ever threaten to physically harm a client? Like for what reason? Yeah, they're unwell. And like, yeah. He what? needed a lot of training. I feel like this is the CEO's bad for having oh, this guy for in this sure. position. Oh, for sure. But, like, there was no oversight. You know yeah. what I mean? And I think he did a really good job when he was just a part of, like, the group. But, like, when he got a little power, it was just, it's oh, on. You know it. what yeah. I mean? So <laughs> drunk. And just, like, a little backstory. I... There was a lot of also, like, what went into, like, me trying to navigate this thing carefully, too, is, like there was a sense of admiration that I had for this person. Um, he was barely older than me, like less than 10 years older than me and had lived like this grand life, like had lived all over the place. Um, he was in the Navy for a while when he was younger and, um, had all this training. And then he was a, um, flight attendant and like traveled all over the world and met all these people and dated all these rich men and like just so glamorous and now he was in a position where he was like helping people and taking care of like the most vulnerable and like definitely taking a pay cut to do it so I there was admiration on I was like looked up to this person who has a lot of life experience and you know has has so much 
to kind of, I don't know, so many anecdotes all the time to kind of bring to the table. So I was kind of, um, that, that kind of put the pressure on too as well, because like I respected and admired this person for what, who I thought that they were. And now he's telling you to shut the fuck up when you're dealing with in front of a client. Yeah. So how and in front of other people in the office, and our office was the size of a walk-in closet, very very (laughs) small, with like a with like a sink in it. It was super small. My office now um, is like three times. It's just me, and it's like three times the size. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, But you took him aside, right? Like you were. Yeah, I was. Well, when he said "I love you, but shut up," I was like, "What?" And I was. And then I was like, don't talk to me like that. Because I just, yeah. I'm not yeah. going to take that kind of disrespect from anyone. You know what I mean? Um, I had an instance in the morning where I had a client who was very delusional um, get upset with me when I said hi and uh, said something about like crucifying me and like a lot of this. He was a very tall man and very sick, very delusional. But in that moment, it kind of sky, you know, you're. Yeah, it's you're, intimidating presence. It's yeah. your, like, just lizard brain reaction, like (laughs) fight, flight, or freeze um, when you get in that situation. So it was like my adrenaline was already up that morning. And when he had said that, I was just like, don't talk to me like that. Yeah, good. And he was like, I can talk to you however I want. I'm your boss. And I was like, I understand that, but you can't tell me to shut up. And he was like, girl, yes, I can. And he was like, you need to be quiet. And I was like, I'm going to leave. And I like just left. I was like, don't talk to me like that. I'm probably, I probably got the last word because I am that bitch. But, <laughs> um, but I was like also shaken. I hate being in trouble. Yeah. I have such a large mouth for someone who hates being in trouble. <laughs> and I really do fear it. And like in school, I was always like that. And I remember my card got flipped to yellow one day in like first grade, vivid, <laughs> vivid what memory. What does that even mean? Oh, you didn't have the flips? I went to, like, Catholic school a million years ago, so. So we had uh, green, yellow, red. Uh Uh-huh. And so if you had, like, I was always on green. And if you something happened, you would go to yellow. Fucking up. If you go to red, then your parents get called. Oh, okay. I went to yellow, cried, have traumatic, (laughs) apparently. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, being in fucking trouble. I just always have been. So I was jacked up on like emotion and adrenaline after that and I was like okay I know that I shouldn't be talked to like that but I need to make right with this situation so about like 10-15 minutes later after like crying in the bathroom not the first time not the last that I cried in the bathroom there sure, yeah um I was like hey can I talk to you and he was like yeah just give me a minute so we went downstairs and we talked in this little office and I was like, you know, I really respect you and I and I don't want to treat like I'm really sorry that um, we kind of like got in an altercation. It's just like when you said shut the fuck up, that was so disrespectful. And, you know, and then I went into this like emotional like I'm dealing with a lot. This is I'm very overwhelmed. This happened. Did you this have morning. the lamb like, woman voice where you're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, I my get there all God. the time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like just like out of control can't. Yeah. Can't <laughs> say words without crying them. Mm-hmm. So then it became something where he was like looking at me like, oh shit, like what's wrong with you? But also like, okay, like treating me like with kid gloves. And it became less about that 
altercation and more about like, are you okay? Like, are you in an okay place? And I felt supported by that. And I know, I knew that his intentions were great because he wanted to come out of that situation looking like he was the one that helped and I was the one that was out of control. And you know what I mean? Sure. But at the time I was like, okay, like I'll take this little bit of support. And he was like, do you want to go home early? And I was like, no, it's fine. And he's like, no, really, you can go home early. And I was like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. So then I was like, I'm going to stay down here. I'll come back up and tell you. I stayed down there for 10 minutes, cried the whole time. Stayed down there for five more minutes, went up, and I was like, hey, I'm going to take off. Yeah. It's just best for me to, like, reset button, go home, take care of myself, come back, being able to do direct care. So um, he was like, okay, that's fine. Like, I'll talk to our super or admin. And I was like, okay. And I was like, I'm just going to say something to her because I, like, want to make sure she knows. So I went upstairs eyes puffy but like not crying and I was like hey I'm just gonna I need to take the day off like I need a self-care day and she was kind of taken aback but I think also she had just started there and so she didn't know what was going on obviously she was like what the fuck is going on in this place that I'm like supposedly yeah yeah, in fucking charge of but (laughs) also um I'd like to just note like in social work self-care days whereas in like a lot of corporate settings might not be the most uh encouraged but in my line of work it is we are sometimes I'm dictated if I have too much holiday time or PTO they'll just be like you need to take time off yeah for you because you have too much PTO and you're not spending time for yourself or like I can talk I have supervision once a week with my boss and I can be like oh yeah in therapy the other day I was talking about such and such in other work positions that might be very uncomfortable oh yeah but like yeah. I deal with therapists every day yeah. you know what I mean you have so, to be mentally healthy to deal with this right job. Yeah. so that's something that's very normalized and different but so it wouldn't have been something like I need a self-care day and everyone's like what the fuck is wrong with her you know what I mean it's like something that's like oh okay I get it you know what I <laughs> yeah. mean and like encouraged honestly so I go home and about an hour later, I get a call from our admin and she sounded concerned. She was like, hey, I'm just calling to talk about, I just talked to Pony Boy about what happened and I think it might be best if you just take tomorrow off and you'll have a three day weekend and just think about this job and what it entails. And if, you know, she was like, you know, we deal with really high stressful situations a lot and I just... I want to be clear with you, like, if that's not something that you're able to handle, like, I think that that's something worth exploring for your own health. And so I was like, what the fuck? You don't know me. What are you talking about? What did Ponyboy say? Really is what I want to know. But something, something weird. Because I tried to say, oh, no, I'm, I'll be fine. I just need a night off and I'll be, like, fine to come back tomorrow. I have to meet with so-and-so, so-and-so, and I'm doing like music oh movie night and like I did movie night too um and she was like no I think it's I think it's actually really important that you take a long weekend and I was just like I can't really afford that like we got paid hourly um I probably had PTO at that point but didn't want to use it because I was like visiting family in Colorado um or like traveling going and seeing the bounty that is 
the Pacific Northwest. Ugh, but so beautiful. Like, didn't want to sit in my disgusting, small apartment that's 100 years old. You know what I mean? I was just like, no, I'm not taking time off to do that. Um, and she was like, actually, I'd, I'd really like you not to come in tomorrow. And my stomach dropped. Because you're was, in trouble. I was so sad. I was like, am I going to get fired? Uh, this yeah. woman just, like, I'm a good case manager. I know I'm a good case manager. And Did you doubt yourself at that moment? Or were you like, no, I'm, I doubted I know I'm good at what I do. if people around me thought that I was mentally <laughs> sane enough to do what I did. First of all, you're dealing with people that aren't mentally sane. No. So. And the so, distinct, yeah, like, feeling, like, the judgment or, like, on the other side. And then also, like, that's good insight to know that, like, if you treat people like they're crazy, they're going to feel they bad will. about it. They're going to feel like, like, human beings are human beings. You Kindness matters more than people fucking even Do you think realize. it's, like, I go there right away. Like, I'm like, oh, no, they're going to think I'm a crazy woman. And yeah. I don't know if dudes think like that. Nope. I think that it's completely, it's a societal norm. I think that women are hysterical when we have <laughs> emotions, if we're angry, you know, we are crazy. Crazy. Well, but, like, if guys get upset and have emotions and are angry, they're blown off steam. Right. Like, have right. you ever seen Mad Men? They're literally, like, yeah. getting blowjobs <laughs> while, like, smoking seven cigarettes, yeah. snorting cocaine, and then, like, getting paid millions of dollars. It's crazy. It's, like, women But versus- unfortunately, I only have two emotions that people see in outside, and it's, like, cracking up laughing or probably crying. So yeah. I don't know where the And that's, is. like, people talk about that a lot. They're, like, what's your stress reaction? I was, like, my super Bali. stress reaction? Crying. Yeah. Crying yeah. alone. Yeah. Um, and that's like an important thing to know because some people disengage, some people like it's, I fucking wish I disengaged. Yeah. Any day. I would love to disassociate. <laughs> but I don't know if my Or like mind, go running. Yeah. Exactly. I don't do anything healthy. No, no, no. <laughs> um but it was just it was very I felt like this shift of like kind of looking at my life from the outside, like what is really happening? Kind of like a Twilight Zone situation. I work with chronically mentally ill adults. You expect some kind of level of, I hate to like that word in that situation, craziness. Yeah. Hectic. Right. You you expect something really, you expect insanity. But like never did I ever expect insanity from my fucking superior, someone I worked with. Yeah. And... You know, that by far took the cake the whole time there because what he did next was so crazy crazy <laughs> and out of the realm of, like, how people act, especially if you're in a position where you need to take some amount of accountability. So before we dive into that, um, do you have a theory on why Ponyboy is the way he is? Given, I given think any that, of that there's some sort of, like, personality disorder I think that they're like I think that definitely narcissism but I think that like I'm I'm a fucking doctor I'm far from it again I am not Uh, licensed you deal with people all day long you can probably tell the difference I think that he has some sort of personality disorder I don't know what that is borderline maybe um no borderline individuals have a lot more severe ranges of like but they're so charismatic and and then can 
be, and be, be yeah. like monstrous. And honestly, in my borderline personality disorders get a really – people with that diagnosis get – and we talk about it. There's definitely bias towards it, but that's mm. because a lot of people in our field who have dealt with people with borderline personality have had really big struggles and big barriers. And so – but at the same time, like – with ever anything else, you know what I mean? Sure. And I think like anything, psychology is human based. So people need to realize like there are diagnoses that are, get really catchy. Oh yeah. So yeah. like for a while, people were schizophrenic. Now people are schizoaffective. I I can't keep up with any of these changes. Which means <laughs> you have schizophrenia, but also co-occurring personality disorder or co-occurring uh, mental symptoms. Or mental health symptoms. So it's like, there's these like, everyone's bipolar, everyone's Mm -hmm. depressed, everyone's, Mm -hmm. you know, it it goes through these phases where you see like, oh, this is when this person entered the system and this is their diagnosis. Yeah. It's like very trackable. So that's pretty common in there. But I don't know. I think as far, there's definitely some narcissism, but I think also... I don't know if I ever really knew who he was. Like, looking back, like, the person that I – like, the image that I had in my head for first couple of months really changed after everything kind of, like, unfolded. And it's come with hindsight, right? Like, that's right. where it landed. Hindsight's twenty twenty, yeah. And there's certain things that happened that were pretty uh, – you look at yourself and you're like, why wasn't that a red flag? Um, <laughs> we had – to do this like licensing for Washington state and he had a background check. Of course we all had a background check. It was like King County background check. They probably didn't do a lot, but he had a background check and it was denied. So he couldn't take the HCA class home carried. So, and all of uh, case managers and caregivers in Washington have to get a home carried. And so he was, like, fighting with them on the phone one day. And I was like, what's going on? And he was like, I got fucking denied on my – and he was like, I got – I'm fine for a background check to have this job. But, like, for this, they're, like, denying me. And I was like, what happened? He was like, I'm figuring it out. So he's, like, arguing with this person. And he was just like, I never was charged with anything. <laughs> I was questioned. I was never convicted. I was never charged. And it happened, like, 12 years ago. And so, of course, like, my true crime podcast self, like, just, like, my ears perk up. And I was like, so what was that about? You know what I mean? Like, just, like, oh, what happened? Oh, yeah. Who wouldn't want it? I have 400 questions already. Yeah. So yeah. my nosy self, I asked him, and he just kind of, like, batted it off. He was like, oh, it was just, like, this crazy thing that happened when I was on the ship. And he was like, there was this dude that, like, got in a fight with his girlfriend and ended up going missing and, like, they never found him, but, like, since I was the last person to see him, like, they took – obviously took me in for questioning, but, like, nothing came out of it. And I was just To like, say I – and I was never charged with that is bonkers. Also, what? When does that happen <laughs> to anyone that you, like, are on a ship with someone and you're the last person to see someone alive? Yeah, that's insane. That's insane. <laughs> Who is arguing with their girlfriend and, like – what I I can't I can't so like that was like oh shit that's a crazy thing like in my mind I'm like oh I'm gonna fucking tell my 
friends this crazy ass story that <laughs> about happened my to my boss. Yeah. yeah, like guess what happened to my fucking boss? <laughs> so crazy, right? So <laughs> stuff like that where I was just like, what? Um, and like that could have been a complete lie, but just based on like the conversation that he had, oh, you had over nothing phone, else to base it on. And yeah. I like just really like just like was like, hey, what was that about? You know what I mean? Like, how would he have had time to like create that in his head? I don't know. Sure. So. But it is a very sensational story, I feel like. If, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I was, like, so excited to put it in the group text. Brought in for questioning for possibly drowning somebody. I mean. Oh, my God. <laughs> Someone's missing. What? <laughs> so you come back into the office. You don't know what you've been accused. You don't know what he's told the administrator or anything. No. And I was like, what the fuck? And so, he's possibly murdered someone. <laughs> oh, that was, like, weeks before. And I was like, wait, what? Um. I just thought it was a crazy story. It and is I just a wanted to gossip. Story. Like, mom, guess what happened today at work? <laughs> um, so, yeah. So she had said, like, I really don't think that you should come in tomorrow. And I was, like, so upset, so shocked, so anxious. But then I was, like, that's not right. Like, I didn't do anything wrong. And I'm losing money. And that's not okay. So I was, like, what do I do? I don't know what to do. There's one HR person. Very new to the position. This is one of the angels, listeners. Yes. Never talked to her in my life. But I called her up and I was like, this is what happened. She was like, oh, no, that can't happen. I'm so sorry. And she was like, unless there's some kind of like. Um, like a formal suspension. But or? yeah, if unless there's like a formal suspension that comes down. But that would come through. HR like if she were to do that she that would have known. To, that would have had to come through HR and she was like what what it sounds like is that situation was handled really inappropriately and I'll definitely have a talk with her just if she is new to the position so maybe she just it works differently which like that that's the law but it's fine she was just like <laughs> trying, you know what I mean she was like but she was definitely taking my side I love because I've been shitting all over HR people like every single episode, really? and this is the time where I get to be like, "Oh no!" Ah. I she made me feel less crazy because uh. as I was telling these stories, I felt fucking crazy. Yeah, I was like, "What is Twilight Zone?" You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. I, she made it feel like what I was experiencing was one real. And two, worth being upset sure. about enough to call HR and get them involved. Good. Good, good, so, good. I love this lady. Yeah. Well, she worked for a nonprofit. She got paid shit. So she deserves But to have world. that in your heart? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's yeah. great. Um, who knows if she works there now? A lot of people don't. <laughs> I need to interview her. You yeah. Come into contact She's with her. Great. Because I've um, been real probably mean. her first job, too. So, like. God bless her. Um, I hope I hope the world just doesn't chew her up and spit her out because the world Maybe has the way of doing that. that's where all the HR reps that you've met, that's what's happening. It's what's true. I'm so them. mean to them. I'm sorry, HR. I mean, <laughs> eh, it can be like a job where people go in and try and like just like cruise through or a job that people actually like want to well, make it, change. In most cases, because I've worked in big corporations, HR is not there to protect me. They're there to protect the company. The assets. And they <laughs> – like my – my shit's causing problems, so they're yeah. gonna. And that's a fine line, and we talk about that a lot. I was talking with our uh, one of our heads of HR, and like one of the program managers, and uh, she was just talking about like it. It's tricky because we serve people. Like oftentimes, the people we serve 
have been kicked out of every other service mm-hmm. because they're hard to serve. Yeah. And so sometimes we are serving the most vulnerable people. So we have to like make choices between like, what am I willing to put up with versus like, what do what does this person need? Like, what does this person really need? So by the nature of our work, we're putting ourselves in situations that sometimes feel really icky. Yeah, because you're making or a call feel based on. Yeah. So, but they also care about our safety. So that's something that like HR and God bless the HR at my company because it's something that they're always trying to grappling grapple with. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Is that like we need to support our we need to support the people who work for us and staff, do this yeah. work every day, but we also need to support the people that we serve and the population that we serve is hard to serve. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? So it it's a balance and I think that it's never really it's, it's never, never going to be no. perfected cuz we're human beings and chaos happens um when we're around. But I called HR. I called HR and the, I felt supported and then um she called back and she was like, "Yeah, I let her know. Um it's up to you whether you want to go to work tomorrow, but you're going to be paid regardless for the day." And I was like, great, I'll take the day off. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to fucking go back into that. Like, sh- like, what am I going to say to that person? Yep. And then also yep. like, hey, just I know you're my new boss and I just got you in trouble with HR and like undermined your authority. But like wanted to advocate for myself, but you're not thinking about that right now. You know what I mean? Like right. you're thinking like, oh, this little bitch that works here is trying to like you know, get I'd be like, me let's in go trouble. back to the moment when you said in front of the CEO, like, you're not going to get murdered, but you might get raped. Yeah. Let's joke let's about it. That. That's so funny. <laughs> Sexual violence is the fucking most hilarious thing ever. Um, yeah. So, like, just weird, weird, weird stuff. So, I took the day off, and it was during the day. I was all anxious. I, yeah. like, suffered from general anxiety disorder. So, I was very, very anxious and was just sick to my stomach, honestly. Like, you know, when you just get mm-hmm. so anxious and nervous that you just want to throw up and get that pit in your stomach. And, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was just – it wasn't a good feeling. So I took the day off, but it, it felt like, like, am I missing out on something? Like, are people talking about me in a negative way? And, like, I'm not there to defend myself. Like, just all of these insecurities come flooding sure. in, right? And uh-huh. feeling so alone. So I get a call. From this random number, but it's a Washington number. So, of course, I take it. I don't know if it's HR or whatever. So, I take it. It's a woman who I – who worked at the same place. We'll call her Lucy. Yeah. Up Angel. In, angel on her. <laughs> angel for a lot of different reasons. She really is a great, wonderful person. Um, I want to shout her out also real fast. She was a overnight person, so not a lot of client interaction. We – through the best ever Halloween party for our clients. <laughs> like, they had the best time. Oh. And she made, like, all the props. And we had, like, the little face cutouts for our clients. And, like, she made all of them. She was a truly just, like, good person that came there to just, like, be kind and She's a goddamn present. gem. Yeah. She's just... A diamond in the rough. And those are hard to find. Night, night crew people are normally pretty... Like, there's higher turnover. There's already high turnover. But um, they work alone some nights. So you have to be okay with, like, making breakfast for everyone. And then also, like, doing meds for everyone. And, you know, it's a, it's a lot of... When you deal with that population, a lot of those people don't sleep at night. 
mm-hmm. whether it's because mm-hmm. of medications, whether it's because of delusions, whether it's because of – so there's a lot of people who are, like, walking around. There's not – it's not, like, something like the house is quiet as a mouse and now I get to, like, watch my shows and knit or, like, read a book. Um, most of the time you're, like, engaging with people. So – it's a hard job and they didn't get a lot of support. They also got paid $12 an hour in fucking Seattle, which is disgusting. That'd be like <laughs> getting paid $6 an hour here. In like Denver, you, yeah. You can't do it. No. Um, and the reason why they got away with that is because they offered us health care. Thank eh. Kaiser Healthcare. <laughs> oh, yuck. Which I have right now, but I won't complain. Um... <laughs> I will for you. I'm complaining a little bit. Uh, Their behavioral health is awful, (laughs) which is funny because we're like, take care of your health, your behavioral health. And then they're like, you don't need a therapist. We don't have those. Those don't exist at Kaiser. Uh, God bless those people who work there. Um, But anyways, yeah, so. So Lucy Angel calls you. Lucy calls me. I have never had a conversation with this woman outside of like being in meetings together where she would come in and like I remember she had safety concerns on the first day that I like started and there was a meeting and so I was like oh okay like I like I feel like I understand but I was just like I'd be too afraid to like speak out like that four months later I was not too afraid at all (laughs) good for you um but I I just I got good vibes from her and then also one of the girls that was like my social work sister would work like overlap an hour with her a night. So they were close and like so Lucy um would stay or would come in and I they probably she probably would like tell her about our day and whatnot and so she got a like an impression of me. She didn't know me, but she got an impression of me. Um so she called me and she was like I I don't know how to say this and I know that like we haven't had a lot of interaction with each other but so she called me and said something was very out of character and she didn't know me very well but she knew that what Pony Boy had said was just fishy. So good work. I was like, "Wait, what's going on?" And she was like, honestly, like, I was uncomfortable the whole time. And it, like, the meeting that we had felt very threatening. And I was like, yeah, I know he was saying that, like, he was meeting with you guys because, like, some things were being missed in the office. And he was like, she was like, yeah, something, like, it just was really weird. But he said something about you that felt super uncomfortable and just honestly untrue. And I was like, okay, what did he say? And she was like, he said that you were suspended because you were caught stealing. And I was like, wait, Uh, what? And then I was like, stealing what? And I think she said like either client or company resources. So it wasn't specific. But he's like. But like either I was like doing like I like in my head, I'm like time fraud or like like what like anything that like could fall under that umbrella. Sure. But when it was, like, the client stuff, that pissed me off. Because, one, you would have to be the scum of the earth to take from somebody's fucking social security disability. They live off of fucking less than $700 a month God, with damn. everything. And you'd you'd just have to be the fucking scum of the earth. One. Two, I never had access to any of that shit. He had access to that. The admin had access to that. 
we were their payees, which happens. Social Security says, I don't think that this person can manage their funds on their own. Therefore, we need you to manage their Social Security income or Social Security oh my God. disability insurance. I can see how all of this could go so wrong. Yeah. So I, when I like started going on that mental train, I was like fucking horrified that anyone would ever say something so ugly and disgusting disgusting about me that is so untrue like so against everything like ever every moral fiber in my being I would never so I and I just like hated in that moment that I felt like I had to defend myself yeah because it's like why should you ever have to defend yourself against something so salacious this woman barely knew me and knew that something was not right about that like at all enough that she was brave enough to ask for my phone number from someone call me up herself and like let me know that this really fucked up thing it could have like put her in a shitty place in the workplace but she was like brave enough and had the integrity to call me and be like I don't think that this is right and something's going on and I I want you to know about it And so I was like, here's what happened. Nothing like stealing, nothing like that came up in our, in our conversation. I called HR. This is what they said. I'm not suspended. I'm getting paid for the day because they fucked up and I didn't want to go to work, but like, that's not what's happening. And she was like, honestly, I didn't think that that's what what was happening. The whole conversation felt really manipulative and Mm. threatening. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, he met with me and the other night woman and we had talked and it felt really, really like, like almost like he was like trying to say something about us or like threaten us in some way, like our job security. And I was like, okay, like how so though? And he, I guess he was just like, you know, we got to be very careful. We're going to like crack down on everyone. Um, Stephanie got suspended this week for stealing. And like, that's when she was like, stealing what? He was like. He client or like or or company resources. And um I was like, what the fuck? Cause when she told me, I was like, it became like even more real because it was in conversation when she was like telling me this. But she was like, Yeah. And so, but it kind of like, oh, she got caught for this. So like you guys Watch better. Your mark. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh my gosh, like. I was like, one, you should call HR. I got nothing but support. And also I feel protected at this point because they, You're not crazy. I'm being bullied. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? And I didn't realize that until I called HR, the HR woman. And she was like, this is workplace bullying. And this is why I'm, I have a job. God, she's the best. Right? I really need to find her. I know. She's great. <laughs> I hope she doesn't still work there. Um, so, yeah. So she like – we got off the phone and I – but I told her first, like, I think – one, to protect yourself and then also just to, like, let her know what's going on because I'm going to call and let her know that I heard this. It's my job security. And she's like, yeah, I think you're right. So she called the other night lady. The other night lady was like, yeah, she, he also said that about Stephanie. I just didn't say anything to you. And she so they both called HR. But before they both called HR, while she was, like, calling her, I was on the phone with HR immediately crying. Yeah. Sounding insane again because women are hysterical. Um, it's our, it's my one of two emotions. Yeah. So, yeah. Just crying. Being like, I don't know what's going on. But again, her reaction was, I am so sorry. That's not okay. I never heard anything about that. It's not okay to say something like that to another employee. 
this is workplace bullying and this is why I have a job. And I was just like, thank God for you (laughs) because I would feel so alone and so defeated. And I just, I needed in that moment to feel some kind of Solidarity, yeah. But solidarity, but, like, also, like, I needed to redeem myself, like, in some way. Like, I need some redemption and some, like, hey, I that is not okay, and that's not who I am, and that didn't really happen. Yeah. Um, And thinking back on that now, like, because he was the only person, it might have been, like, the new admin was looking at the payee stuff and things weren't, like, adding up or, like – and I don't know that for sure because that's just, like, hunch. But, like, stuff like that where I'm, like, maybe that could have been, like, where he got that. You know what I mean? Also, the pill thing. Like, both of the night women were, like, what? No, it's missing in the morning. And, like, this is what we're telling him. Like, it's after we leave that they're being miscounted. Because he's – And they're, and they're blaming together, the night right? people yeah. saying that they're not counting them right. Yeah. He's so, like, this. yes. <sighs> Ugh. So this is a Friday. All of this happens um, – or maybe it was a Thursday. Yeah. No. Mm, we'll say it's a Thursday. Okay. I think it was a Thursday. It was a Wednesday that I happened. Thursday, I think, now that I'm thinking about it, that I was out and then I was there the next day. Very awkward. He was there with me for half the day. Very super awkward, but it was what it was. HR was like, if anything happens, just call me and let me know. Thanks, girl. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I went in. I did my job. I, like, stayed away. I did my just job to the best of my ability. He was, like, trying to joke around with me and, act like, nothing happened. And then our CEO and our admin – our CEO came in and our admin asked – called down to ask for him to come upstairs. So <coughs> he goes upstairs and everyone's kind of like, oh, fuck, what's happening? I'm just like, oh, I'm going to Trader Joe's. Just like freak out, like leave the building. Like, oh, I'm going to get dinner. I'll be back in 15 minutes. Um, Go come back. And he's like getting all of his stuff. And he's like, I'm leaving early, but I'll talk to you guys later. And like just leaves, goes out. I should say that he had like been dating this dude for like a week and a half. And he was like talking about how he was like, not attractive, but he was older and, like, he had money. Money. I was and, like, like, there's would, the money. Yeah, yeah. He would, like, call him daddy and, like, all these things. Like, uh, he's a sugar that daddy. That is my biggest trigger. <laughs> Anyone who uses the word um, daddy. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, but he would always say, like, things like, ugh, I'm not, like, going to date him. I'm just going to, like, let him buy me a car. Because he, like, had a car dealership or whatever. And so it was, like, always this thing, like, ugh, no. So... We the weekend happens Monday morning he doesn't come in no one says anything Tuesday morning doesn't come in no one says anything Tuesday he texts everyone at night I think and my friend ended up like uh, texting it to me and he was like hey gals got married over the weekend now I'm a housewife lol I quit the agency that we worked for. I love you all so much and I'll miss you guys. But now I'm on to that like housewife lifestyle. Like completely was just like got married on a whim. Don't work there anymore. Can't like hope we still hang out kind of a thing. And everyone was like, wait, what? <laughs> like you got married and <laughs> quit your job? What is happening? Like for anybody that would be like, what are you spiraling? You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. what's going on? Bud? Is this guy like super smoking hot? Would you say? Uh, 
I think, no, but I think <laughs> that he was charismatic and I think that um, just in the dating scene that he was in in Seattle that he was probably like a prize dating Got sexual it. possession, you know Shoot. what I mean? Yeah. Like me in 2015 in a crop top. Hey, <laughs> someone remembers. I hope. Um, no, but you know, like he, but he definitely had like narcissistic fucking traits, obviously. But I'm like, I literally find this out and I'm telling people and I'm like telling the girls that I work with and they're both friends with him. So they can't really say anything, but they're like, that's so fucked up. And they're like, I want to get in the middle of it. But like, if that happened, that's actually fucked up. And I was like, well, Lucy told me and everyone was like, oh shit, she told you like everyone pretty much like trusted her. You know what I mean? So, um, so he sends his text like married, I'm out. And we're like, what the fuck is going on? So when that happened, there was some sense of rede- redemption for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm not the fucking batshit crazy one just, like, doing shit hysterically. This motherfucker got in trouble and then just got married and decided to quit his life. Like, that doesn't make sense to anyone. Did the company just, like, smooth it? Like, they just didn't address they it? They didn't tell us until we were all meeting together. Okay, okay. So then they were like, you guys have probably heard. And we're like, yeah, we heard. Um, that he's gone. Um, he gave us his notice over the weekend, which is really shitty because we don't have anyone to replace him. So we're actively looking for people. And, uh, I was just like, at that point, kind of like, well, guess I'm not fucking crazy one. But there was still like this like damage that had been done with my admin. Like I barely knew her and our, and our relationship was strained. And like, there was this like, you know, underlying damage that had been done. So... But over time, like, meeting with her every week and, like, talking about our clients, I think that we got each other's vibes a little more. I think she was always very skeptical when I would bring up, like, safety concerns because she thought, like, oh, is she just being hysterical or, like, overdoing it? But, yeah, I mean, also limited limited budgets and, yeah. So over time, we kind of, like, got to know each other a little bit better and – Maybe, like, four months after he had just, like, split. He – I'm in my scrubs, like, in the kitchen, had just done the dishes from, like, the last of the people, you know, like, just getting through the end of the night cleaning stuff before I go home. He just walks in the back door. And I had had it cracked, and he knew that we did that at, like, night or whatever, but he just walks in the back door. And he's like, hey, how's it going? Gave me a hug. Acted like nothing happened. And I was like, fine with me. Like, I don't want to, like, I, I'm just trying to fucking go home at the end of the day. Like, I don't want yeah, any kind of. day. I'm over this situation. I don't need to, like, one-up I you. I wouldn't need like, him in the balls, yeah. <laughs> I don't care about you. You literally mean nothing. Like, I admired you at one point, And then I found out who you really were. And, like, I don't care about your opinion of me. But he clearly really cared about my opinion of him because he was like, this is my ring and that's my husband in the car. Come look at our Lexus. It's like a new Lexus. And like, he was just like bragging about all of these like things. And he was like, yeah, I came to see one client, which is very inappropriate. Mm -hmm. Like once because of HIPAA and everything else, I can care about my clients all that I want. I know that once I leave my job, our relationship ends. Yeah. Because our relationship started as a clinical relationship. Yeah. It has to be. Yep. So 
after that, like we're not like there is that separation. There has to be those boundaries. So it was just really weird that he would do that anyways. But then he went in and he talked to the other girls. Other girls were still friendly with him. And he went and saw that client and that client was happy because he brought them soda. Um, and then he was like, yeah, at the end, he was like, uh, by the way, like, sorry how everything happened. Like, I love you, girl. And like, I no hard feelings. Like, I don't have any hard feelings towards you. And I was you like, said that? yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. Sounds good. I, yeah. I'm fine. I don't have any hard feelings. Lie. But like trying to get <laughs> out of that situation, like just like cat in a turtleneck yeah. sweater. <laughs> Hey there, folks. I uh, think you've noticed that the recording for Stephanie's interview cuts out after she uses a very poignant metaphor of feeling like a cat in a turtleneck sweater. Unfortunately, my device ran out of room for recording, so we lost the last four minutes or so of the interview. So I wanted to provide you with some highlights. Ponyboy ended up getting divorced from his husband and unfortunately ended up with some money in that settlement. Stephanie remains close with some of those angels that helped her out, and her advice to everyone is to get the fuck out of the job you have if you have a horrible HR person. And she's decided that uh, the most fitting plant and or animal um, or hybrid of each is still Pony Boy, which is why she, she selected the name. Thanks so much to Jason Stilgebauer and Stephanie from My Dead House Plants podcast. If you have a terrible boss that you'd like to talk about, please contact me at ccmeoneverything.com and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Until then, take care. <laughs>